Yeah, I think I'll give that a try. Good. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, let's get started here. This is uh, N2APB. My name is George, and together with Joe N2CX, we are your uh, hosts here for the uh, uh, chat with the designer session. Um, this is a, a weekly session that we have uh, here at Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 0100 Zulu. And as we've been mentioning, every fourth um, week, we have uh, a session that's actually here on the New Jersey QRP channel uh, called the Online New Jersey QRP Club Meeting. Now, all in, uh, all, in all, it's pretty much the same kind of uh, operation uh, that we have each week. Um, um, and we talk about technical topics, and but we try to keep things a little bit more of a general nature. Uh, we're trying something out with the New Jersey Club. Uh, this is the second online meeting that we're having. Um, attendance has been declining a little bit, so we figured that we'd, uh, that's in-person attendance at our monthly meetings. So we decided that we'd uh, uh, give a try here at the online session, give guys more of a chance to perhaps more easily uh, get in touch and keep in contact with uh, other club members. So then we decided, what the heck? I mean, most of us either belong or want to belong or wish we could belong to local clubs in our area. So this time, uh, we're, we're trying <clears throat> an online session for uh, uh, club-like discussion. So whatever you might like to think your club is uh, from a uh, topics and, and discussion perspective, that's what we're going to have here. So you'll be getting a little taste of uh, what it's like to um, to be at a New Jersey club meeting that we've been having for, oh gosh, um, going on two decades now. Um, so we're trying to bring a little bit of that flavor here to our, our regular online sessions that we have each Tuesday. <clears throat> a little bit of the ground rules before we get started, or at least uh, the background. Um, there's no big rules. Uh, we operate this, Joe and I, uh, as uh, in a net control-like manner, which means that we have the mic and we kind of pass it around in an orderly fashion to help everybody kind of get their two cents in. And um, we'll have a theme, and we'll, we'll, Joe will get into that in just a moment uh, for tonight, and that'll help guide some of our discussion. But that is not to limit it. Uh, the discussion to anything uh, else that you might have in mind. For example, I've got some items that uh, that I'll be uh, mentioning before we kick it off here that uh, I kind of want to touch on to get some answers. I, I kind of come to this session each week with some uh, ideas for sharing, but also some questions that I'd like to have some answers for um, uh, from a lot of you who uh, attend on a regular basis. And uh, in as much as uh, we call this a chat with the designers, and we do have a number of uh, designers, you know, kit designers, project designers with us, it's for open for everybody. And the idea, of course, is that uh, we can get your questions answered, ideas that you'd like to have turned into projects, things that you'd like your project to be doing, your, your kit to be doing. If it's a two-tone generator from Elecraft, don't you wish you could do something else with it? Like I just, uh, I got mine and it's working fine and I'd like to do some other things with it and I want to get some ideas from other people who might have that experience. Uh, so net control type of operation. Um, when you see the blue light on, if you kind of note the, at least on Windows here, it's a blue light. Watch, watch my light blinking. When my 
when I am talking, I'm, I'm pressing down on my control key on my keyboard, my right control key is how I set it up, as my PTT switch. And uh, hopefully you've used uh, the PTT option on your TeamSpeak uh, client. It's the most convenient way to do it. Please do not use Vox, uh, as room noise will often trip it. And you'll soon see that um, one can easily double and one or two or three people can talk at the same time. But we like to keep this unidirectional. Um, just uh, one person talking at a time creates less confusion. Also, if you note uh, down in the bottom of your screen, um, huh. if you note in the bottom of the screen, you should have a text window that is uh, um, indicating the uh, some text that you can enter into the freeform field below and kind of chat in parallel and offline with anybody else here. And we use this as a pretty good communications vehicle for putting out information, links that are being uh, talked about, tips to long-winded talkers like me, um, and uh, just to get some extra information up there. That's a very useful feature. <clears throat> we have a website that posts all previous information, all previous sessions, um, um, at least uh, uh, the text from it and the topics from it, and as best as I can pull from this uh, text field and, and recall the conversations and also the audio that we do record. So um, <clears throat> in the meeting announcement, we'll put it up again in the text field here, we'll, um, we'll list the, uh, the address for the website and maybe you can check out, if interested, the previous discussions about power readings, power indications, favorite kits, favorite suppliers, and so on. So, um, Joe, did I finish up, uh, did I hit all of the, the the usual items for opening up a session? I think you did, George. Uh, pretty good job. Okay. If you have any, if anybody has any questions uh, you want to get in before um, before we leave, before you have to leave early, perhaps, uh, just kind of uh, politely interrupt and we'll get the mic over to you. Uh, we'll be going for about an hour, probably a little bit more than an hour, uh, certainly not much more than that. So, you know, we want to keep it kind of uh, reasonable time and uh, go through things kind of quickly. Okay, let's uh, put this over to uh, co-host uh, Joe N2CX, who is the uh, regular editor, or, I'm sorry, the regular contributor to QRP Quarterly in a column called Joe's Quickies, or a section called Joe's Quickies, as well as a regular um, uh, contributor to other articles and other projects um, along with me and some others. So Joe, uh, take it away. What is in store for this evening? Go ahead. Thank you, George. Um, well, in line with some of the other things we've done uh, in the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about favorite this and favorite that. I thought I'd uh, mention some of my favorite uh, sources for, pardon me, for information in terms of uh, printed material and uh, some websites, but uh, particularly material you can read, um, printed material and sites where you can get it from. So I have, a, I have a list here. I'm going to go through them a little fast. I think uh, uh, we'll have a summary after after uh, session is done. George will put up on the uh, site he alluded to. And it'll have some of the links. But the uh, number one source for um, printed matter, for technical info, and for operating and 
just about everything here in the U.S. is the American Radio Relay League, uh, an organization we're all very familiar with. Some love, some hate, but uh, they're the big dog. And of course, their URL is www.awrl.org. Um, they have a number of publications. This is probably uh, reviewed in most of the so I'll just quickly go through the list. Of course, the AWRL Radio Amateur Handbook is, uh, is their most popular uh, publication. has a lot of good uh, technical info. It has been used as a um, semi-text for some uh, theory uh, courses as well as uh, a good reference material for hams. The AWR Antenna Book is very uh, comprehensive, um, detailing antennas, techniques, and uh, some of the underlying theory good for hams. They have a, a number of QRP books. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't come up with any of them, but uh, I know that Rich Ireland has written several, K7SZ, um, which are a very good introduction to uh, QRP operating, uh, going through equipment that is very popular, and uh, describing uh, QRP operation in general, just why we QRPers do it. Um, in addition, uh, they have some other very good books uh, probably the premier book is written by uh, Wes Hayward and um, the other authors escape me at the moment. But it's Experimental Methods in Art Design. That is a very, very good uh, technical book, a lot of uh, theory, some, um, some very, very sophisticated uh, techniques and uh, circuits described there. But uh, Wes Hayward is rather down to earth. So uh, while it may be rather esoteric material, it's very well written, and uh, you can you can grasp it very easily. It's a reference many of us go to frequently. Um, the the AWRL, another another favorite of mine that they produce is the Antenna Compendium, which is uh, a compendium of articles that comes out periodically. They're up to volume eight now. Some of them are articles that have been in QST and QEX. Others are articles that have not made it to print. A uh, very good review of uh, uh, radio amateur antenna techniques. And yet another thing that is not strictly, I don't think, an AWRL publication, but it's a very, very good book, uh, ON4UN's Low Band DXing. It's a very good reference on uh, operating on 8040 and 160 uh, with information on antennas, equipment, uh, and the particular operating techniques that work out well for DXing on the, uh, the lower bands. Uh, another, hey Joe. Another source for, yes, sir. Just thought I'd break you, break you, uh, break the train there. We can kind of save some for others uh, as well. But already some of the questions have been starting to come in. If you don't mind, um, Rick has a question about RF design. Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. I just got uh, my copy the other day and was very impressed with it, except for the fact that there are a whole lot of words missing. Uh, maybe one one word in each paragraph. So it's not just a, a here and there, but rather consistent. Is, is, is that a known bug? Not to the best of my knowledge. Uh, they must have had a, a bad print run. No, it, it's been uh, pretty good. I mean, they have, as with any book, there may be some errors, but uh, I think that's uh, strictly a printing error. Uh, did you get it from a double Uh Actually, I think I got it through Amazon, but... Uh, I kind of, by reading where there weren't words, 
it may have been that they were italicized words or uh, bolded words. I couldn't quite figure out, but they did seem to be consistent. Huh. This was a print version or a Kindle version? It was the print version. Huh. I think it's a bad printing run. Um, I'd recommend you talk to Amazon and get a replacement because uh, uh, <laughs> while you can probably dope it out uh, pretty well, it's not bad to uh, not bad to get a, a good one. And I think Amazon would work with you on getting another one right out. Have there been several versions? I think there have been um, two or three printings, yeah. Um, probably been out five years or so. Um, in that time, I would assume they probably had two or three printings. I don't have mine handy to look at, uh, at the front page uh, or the publication page, but uh, I believe so. Thank you. You know, that's really quite amazing that something uh, like that is, uh, that an error in publishing like that. That was a good question, Joe, because um, if it was online or, uh, or a Kindle version versus printed, because sometimes the special punctuation does trip up uh, uh, a publishing system, a publishing um, software, if if it's being used like that. Um, the uh, Joe, there's a... Um, there's a lot of material these days concerning software-defined radio. Uh, have you come across any uh, good references? I have a couple of them, but I'm wondering if you have any ideas first for good references, a discussion of top-level top-level description and discussion concerning SDR. Actually, I was going to leave that up to you because I figured you had a better, uh, better bibliography than I do. Okay. Um, the um, one thing that comes to mind, and I think uh, uh, Phil, VK6APH from um, Australia is in with us this evening. He's probably listening. He's at work. I see his mic is muted. Um, but Phil is probably uh, well aware of some HPSDR types of discussions and topics that have been happening, uh, topics that have been summarized in um, RADCOM, the RSGB publication magazine, uh, RADCOM, kind of like the equivalent of QST for the Brits. And they have a section each month called SDR, or on SDR, or about SDR, or something like that. And um, if you ever get a chance to get that magazine, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's a tad expensive. But it's, it's kind of worth it, and it's a lot different an approach than QST. And specifically, this column is, is a very good overview of um, SDR, software-defined radio techniques, from the, from the top level and also from the experimental version or experimental uh, direction. And then lately, on the, SD, um, on the SDR Cube <clears throat> list, the Yahoo group for SDR Cube, um, Terry Fox, and Joe, I've forgotten what his call sign is. You can pipe in there. But Terry Fox has been given, geez, has been given a high-level overview of SDR, what it is and how it works and, and uh, how it's done with a soft rock and such. And I've been finding that fascinating. A lot of us deal with this type of technology on a, on a growing basis now. But it's good to kind of take a step back and try to explain it to somebody else who doesn't have the insight that uh, some of these books um, offer. 
And <clears throat> there it is, Joe. Uh, just typed a WB4FJFI uh, is Terry Fox. Hopefully he'll be able to join us at some point uh, tonight. I was speaking to him about this as well. Okay, um, a question. Let's see. Let me just run down what you, Joe went through. Um, ARRL handbook, the ARRL antenna, um, the ARRL antenna compendium, uh, some QRP books uh, by Rich Erlen, K7SZ, his uh, QRP power uh, series. Actually, he, he did the original one, and I think ARRL um, headquarters have been um, taking that onward a little bit. Are there any other, uh, does anybody have any questions on these? Um, maybe at this point, toss it open for other suggestions for uh, the master list here. What books, what references, what magazines, what websites do you find really useful in, you know, as a reference in your own uh, QRP and homebrewing adventures? Um, open mic, go ahead. All right. Well, we're getting warmed up here, so I guess uh, everybody's just sort of sitting back and sipping on their fruit juice, which is always a good thing to do. Um, the uh, Joe, you had some additional ones there. Why don't we kind of list a couple more that were on your list, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, as George mentioned, RSGB's uh, Redcom is an excellent uh, book, and uh, it's, uh, it is a little higher level and many of the QST articles, that's kind of intermediate between the QST and the other ARRL publication, QEX. QEX tends to be um, a very high level, uh, produced uh, quarterly. Um, I do highly recommend RADCOM. The uh, uh, RSGB, Radio Society of Great Britain, also has some other excellent books. Uh, one of them is um, the RSGB Radio Communication Handbook, which is comparable to, yeah, okay, there's George's printing it up. Um, it's comparable to the handbook, although to my way of thinking, it's, it's a little more rigorous, and it has uh, different slant, perhaps more depth on things than some of the AWRL publications. And of course, they have their own uh, VHF, UHF books and antenna books. So if you go to... Uh, uh, www.rsgb.shop, uh, as uh, George printed up there, you can uh, see their entire list of publications. They uh, they also sell some of the AWRL stuff. AWRL sells some of theirs. There's a little cross-fertilization. Uh, GQRP also has a number of books. The uh, British uh, QRP Society. They have some books that are both British and Australian. And the Australians have some, uh, some really neat things that are uh, um, project-oriented. They uh, Drew Diamond, his, his call sign escapes me at the moment. He's had several series of, of books on um, QRP uh, projects, homebrew projects, not just QRP. Very, very good stuff. Um, those are the, the highlights of the, uh, the printed stuff I had. A little bit later, maybe I can go into some, uh, some reference sites that are on the web that are uh, usable as well. Uh, any questions on anything, any, uh, any of these things so far? Go ahead.
You know, I wonder, Joe, if uh, um, this is a New Jersey Club meeting uh, online, and there are, uh, I think appropriate is at the New Jersey QRP dot, uh, oh, shucks, what's our address? NJQRP at uh, NJQRP.org um, is the, uh, a lot of reference material there. On the right-hand column, I'll put this list up once I get my finger off the off the PTD switch here. Um, we have a right-hand column that contains a whole bunch of uh, past projects, literature, good references that we've accumulated over the years, and uh, a couple of us have made it an effort to make sure that we kind of archive everything that we've either talked about, discussed, had as a project for the Atlanticon, uh, you know, over a decade, uh, almost a decade of of Atlanticon QRP forums that we had and the projects and the presentations and the giveaways and all those kinds of things. Um, all of that material is there on the website. And I dare say that there are a lot, many, there are many more websites like that in nature. And you could almost like, like going into a bookstore. If you're a little bit like me, you can go into a bookstore and kind of get lost and come out maybe a week or two later. And just, just from having, read and and sat down and gotten into different topics and areas the same too with the websites and you can spend a lot of time and find a lot of good information of course google is your friend and uh if you've got a problem that you're trying to solve on the bench <laughs> or elsewhere you'll uh you'll find google is, is a great reference and the better that you learn to mine for your data i think you'll you'll find some really great references uh uh, just as an example, and I think Joe's going to get into this a little bit, uh, yeah, he has on his list some boat anchor references. Um, maybe about two years ago, three years ago now, I got in, I got, I caught the, uh, the boat anchor fever. I missed, I missed that tube technology when I was uh, growing up and first coming into uh, ham radio in the late 60s. So I kind of went right into two, uh, transistors and some of the modern, uh, modern technology. And I just totally bypassed all of the tube stuff, tube designs, tube issues, and as Joe will attest to, tube problems and heat and drift and a lot of uh, high voltage and all sorts of uh, dangerous stuff like that. But two years, three years ago, I kind of got into it, and it's like a whole new area for me. Well, of course, um, the, whenever I learned about try to learn about something, I go whole hog, and uh, there's a lot of information on the web about uh, tube technologies and a lot of um, uh, good websites for that. So it's a good example of how you can kind of really drill into and find out, you know, establish your own library in essence. And uh, maybe that's what some of these listings are that we're given here tonight would uh, to be helpful in, in having to do that. All right, um, <clears throat> let's see, does anybody, uh, does anybody want to offer some uh, questions, uh, some some reference books of, of their own? For example, Milt, I know, um, has uh, been a recent, in recent years, has really uh, got the, the DSP programming bug, and he's, he's gone, he's, he's done a great job in, in bootstrapping himself in an area that, that uh, was a little bit new to him at first, and Milt, what kind of books in the area of DSP programming or DSP architectures or 
just uh, embedded programming in general did you find useful and you know and along the way for yourself okay uh, first of all I think the ARRL publication on uh, digital signal processing is a good reference and I've also used some by uh, Oppenheim and Schaefer some publications I don't know if uh, the bookstore that we have here exists elsewhere, but we have half-price books, and I find some very good, uh, uh, some old textbooks and reference books on different things. But the, uh, uh, and then also some of the app notes for various microprocessors. There are several that have some application notes on DSP. And just uh, perusing through the libraries, for example, for the microchip uh, DSPIC, uh, they have a DSP library, and I've uh, used that quite a bit. But uh, those, are, those are the key ones, and most of us just playing around with it and learning. I have a suggestion. Sure. I've been going down very much the same road with probably a lot uh, less background. Uh, and I recently picked up a copy of something called Practical Digital Signal Processing for Engineers and Technicians. It's uh, an Elsevier book. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I picked it up on Amazon was that it was available as a used copy uh, in many of the DSP volumes that I looked at run over $100. This one I think I picked up for eight or ten dollars, uh, and the thing that I like best and worst about it is that it is very heavy into the mathematics of DSP. Uh, DSP math doesn't get into calculus or those kinds of things, uh, but it uh, it does get into college level math. And this says for engineers and technicians, and I would say it's probably more for engineers than for technicians. The typical technician may not have the math background, but uh, it is quite comprehensive, although it's not a long book, uh, well illustrated, uh, and uh, I pulled a lot of information out of it. Thanks, Rick. I think I captured what you said there pretty, uh, pretty quickly, just typing along as you said it, and I would agree. You know, that's funny because I had oh, the next, uh, next go-around here, somewhere's on my bench. I had a book... Um, concerning DSP, um, that somebody last Christmas, this is this is kind of an interesting story, last Christmas there was some discussion on one of the lists. I don't even know where. Um, oh, it was it was the Pacific Northwest list um, up in the Oregon area. And uh, Lyle, uh, KK7P, and some others were recommending a certain book that... Um, that I ultimately got. It was supposed to have a CD in it that it did not have, and I was disappointed about that. But nonetheless, um, it, it was a good book to get. And then, ah, and here's where, Milt, you might be able to, uh, to fill me in on this one here. There was a book, there was, a, well, maybe not, uh, two tappers ago, two, uh, two years ago at a tapper uh, convention, there was a mini DSP course, a four-hour DSP course, where I was introduced to the Gertzel algorithm, and that's that was kind of like the genesis of how it, it ultimately got into the uh, uh, the new PSK modem for CW decoding, uh, tone decoding. Um, but uh, at that short course, they recommended a certain book, and I'll get that author. But if anybody is interested in DSP programming, 
and it doesn't require and then you're not looking for a math book i think we've all been down that path um and it's, it gives um really good examples in um and practical practical examples and it uses uh, a disk pick a ds pick uh 33 uh, the same as we use in the modem the same as we use in the in the uh uh, the SDR cube and there are some evaluation boards that, that use it and you can directly program it in uh, the micro um, microchips uh, uh, MP lab environment and get it working so it's it's a great uh, great reference there but thanks a lot um, for that tip uh, uh, Rick appreciate it any while we're on the topic of DSPs anybody else have any uh, um, good references for that yeah George I have one more Sure. Okay, there's one called The Scientist and Engineer's Guide to Digital Signal Processing by Stephen W. Smith, and it's freely downloadable on the web. I believe the website is www.dspguide.com. Okay, those of you who are, uh, um, those of you who are connected can see that address that I just typed and that Milt had uh, described. And if, if I recall, Milt, this is the one where it, it's all freely, uh, each of the chapters are PDFs that you can download individually and you can come up with your own online uh, PDF book right there on your own computer. That is correct. Indeed, I've got that one. And that, that's a good one. Thank you. And while you were doing that, I, I found the book. I was, now, I'll, I'll enter this information, but... Uh, uh, this is this was told to me to be the reference that would really do it for you if you if, the, if you were looking to get into uh, into DSP programming this was the ultimate uh, uh, book that is kind of like a classic for embedded engineers with no math great great uh, reference material it's called understanding digital signal processing by Richard G Lyons I'll type it in a moment the second edition is what you want so if, you, if you're so inclined, uh, you know, do a search on Amazon.com or whatever, and then uh, find that book, kind of browse through it uh, and see if uh, it's what you'd like, but it, it's really, really good. And while I'm at it, I'll also mention that um, I do recall now that the Tapper short DSP course is up on the Tapper site. So if you look for, um, if you go into section, I'll, I'll have a direct link for it, but you look under the... Uh, you go to Tapper, Tapper.org, and then in the uh, DCC, the Digital Communications Conference section, you'll see CD collections for uh, conference presentations gone by. And then one of them, uh, two years ago, that would probably be 2009, and uh, each year they have a short course. And the short course then was this one that I'm referring to. You can get the CD for like, oh, I don't know, 20 bucks. And uh, it comes with a set of PowerPoint slides, and it is fabulous, absolutely fabulous. So that and this book here that I mentioned, the Richard G. Lyons, Understanding Digital Signal Processing, is, uh, is what I would highly recommend to anybody kind of getting into it. Okay, we might have beat that to death. Anybody else on DSP before we move on? Yeah, I have a couple books. Sure. Uh, first off, I'd like to... To second the vote for Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, get the most recent version from Amazon. I forget which one it is, but it's recently out within the past two years. 
It's really outstanding. It doesn't have a particularly radio flavor to it. It's all about the really the nuts and bolts and the basis basics of digital signal processing, but it's really quite excellent and you just read through a chapter and you'll learn a lot. It's really quite good. And another book not on digital signal processing, which is by Wes Hayward, the same Wes Hayward as Experimental Methods in RF Design. This is a book called Radio Frequency Design, Wes Hayward, published by the ARRL. And that's a bit more technical and a bit more mathematical than uh, the Experimental Methods book. But there's a lot of good stuff in that also. And uh, it sort of goes the next step beyond experimental methods. And I recommend that book also, not for DSP, but just for ordinary RF design. Thanks, Jim, and welcome here tonight. Glad you could join us. And thanks for seconding um, my, uh, uh, my recommendation for the Lions book. And, and I typed that down. And you're right. Um, Radio Frequency Design is a good book. And as I recall, uh, Joe can probably, if, if you don't recall, Jim, Joe might know as well. I think a CD-ROM came with that one, and it contains some um, useful, perhaps basic programs. Is that right? Primitive, uh, yeah. There was one that was a ladder, ladder analysis program. It was particularly good. Um, both of the uh, Hayward books, the IRFD and the EMRFD, come with uh, disks that have uh, reference programs and some uh, sample designs on them. Uh, make the books much more valuable. Uh, it's great to have them uh, with it, and I'm forever displacing my disks and having to scrounge around the shack to find them. Someone whom we know, Joe, and many of us here might even recall, um, says that education how would how did uh, chuck say this joe education is not free or you got to invest in getting smart you don't fall most people don't fall off a log and get smart so if you're intending to kind of advance yourself and just get smarter about ham radio about the technologies that we're dealing with you need to invest not just your time but a little bit of uh um, of your hard-earned uh, dollars in, order, in the right reference materials, and I think what we're talking about here at the session tonight is some of those are some of those reference materials that we collectively uh, have found useful, um, you know, over the years. Some um, that's, there it is. Uh, education is expensive, no matter how you get it. So that that's the quote from Chuck Adams. Uh, oh, Joe. Joe, what's his call sign these days? Do you recall? K7QO. K7QO. Chuck's a good man. And a very, very uh, knowledgeable, professor-like uh, uh, approach to technology. <clears throat> While we're at it, uh, Joe, can you elaborate on the website that, or the uh, list, the Yahoo list that he uh, lives at and, and runs and, and is super, super useful for on a a slightly tech, more technical basis than what we're uh, maybe used to on, on some of our club lists and so on. But uh, what, what's the name of his list, Joe? It's uh, QRP Tech. He, um, he was one of the founders of QRPL back years ago, the uh, QRP email reflector. I'm kind of tired of the low signal to noise ratio. 
So he came up with his own uh, Onless QRP Tech, which does a, high, a very good high signal to noise ratio, not so much um, social interaction and um, some of the flame wars, but uh, good technical content. Yes, I highly recommend it. I don't have the link off the top of my head, but I subscribe to the Digest and read it every day. And that, too, is part of the education, is investing your time and reading some worthwhile type of things. I have a couple of interns. Uh, we, we help out the local community, and some high school kids come in. And uh, they said, well, if I leave them alone for like uh, <laughs> 10 minutes, they slowly gravitate over to their handheld devices and get on Facebook and chat with their friends and their girlfriends or whatever. So I'm constantly slapping them down a little bit. Not really, but I mean, you know, chiding them a lot and saying, don't do that. And if you're going to go do something, make it worthwhile. Don't get on the uh, Facebook and do some, you know, uh, useless uh, types of uh, social communications or whatever. But um, the same could go for all of us. I mean, instead of plopping down and watching TV regularly every single night, you know, from from eight to eight to eleven o'clock or whatever. Use some of that time to invest in, uh, in in the hobby beyond what you normally do, maybe as far as turning a rig on. But maybe pick a topic. Pick a topic and, and drill into it and learn a little bit about it. Uh, Lord knows you've got a lot of friends here in Ham Radio that are more than willing to answer questions for you. No question is really too small. A lot of it is handled, uh, for example, in some of the lists that we all deal with every day, or many, many days, uh, whether it's... Uh, um, the Micro 908 list, uh, the NJQRP list, the SDR cube list, AQRP. There's a great one. Uh, Milt, we've mentioned this a couple of times, or I've, and you, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times. I think it's worthy of note here that discussion topics on AQRP are just outstanding. And I wish I had the time to spend more and drill it into and, and staying up with um Primarily, you three wizards, um, yourself, Milt, W8UNUE, uh, John Fisher, K5JF, and uh, Case Talon, um, KC5BCQ. K5BCQ. <laughs> there you go. Milt, take it away as far as just discuss the kind of material that goes on in the AQRP list that might be of interest to people here. Okay, well, John Fisher, K5JHF, has sort of been leading the way he likes to stay in the forefront of the uh, microprocessor technology. He started out several years ago building a little uh, code practice uh, system, Morse code device he called it, um, based on a Freescale chip. And uh, this was a little project of the AQRP. We've added several things along the way. John actually did some of the very initial work that led to my work on the uh, new PSK modem. And more recently, there's been work on a digital watt meter and uh, a, a um, I2C or SPI interface for a LCD display. Uh, they're just a whole bunch of different things, different uh, temperature barometer kits. Uh, and now the latest thing John is working on is one with a RF link so he can have a sensor outside linked uh, to his display inside. Uh, 
I know there's a lot of things on the market, but we just like to do our own cheapy version. And and the the general thing with the AQRP is that uh, we're just doing it for fun. We're not trying to make uh, any money on it. And we have a whole bunch of kits. Uh, if you Google for K5BCQ kits, you'll find quite a few things there. All right. Keeping up with you was tough, but I was able to do it. So as the information there on the text window on your computer says, uh, there's a lot of good information that is <clears throat> available for AQRP uh, group. And um, many, many kudos to you three guys and everybody who participates there. I, 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 um, I marvel and I applaud all of the different activities at different uh, that, that groups, that individuals uh, that are building their own projects and they sort of say, doggone it, you know, this, I, I don't have a widget that does exactly what I want to do. Therefore, I'm going to build it. So, I mean, that's, uh, uh, that, that's really a cool thing. And as an example, um, we have a club member. He hasn't, he hasn't come in ages. Um, Jim Panzita, um, I forgot his call sign. Joe would probably remember. But Joe, uh, Jim uh, Panzita um, came up with an idea for something he calls a tip tapper, uh, the tip tapper um, pedal. He puts a couple of micro switches on a flat board and a membrane over it and then just kind of like uh, uh, uses that as a flat paddle. And that's a great idea. And, and, and he's, he's got a lot of, he's, he's sold, uh, sold a lot of them just about at cost. Um, you know, all over the world for several years. And he recently ran into some hams that are hard of hearing. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it would be hard of hearing. So what we're doing, I'm working with him, and but it's totally driven by him, is uh, we're putting, putting a 567 tone decoder um, <clears throat> on that little card, and we're bringing in the audio from a, uh, uh, from a rig. And uh, that rig, when tuned to the frequency that the 567 chip um, responds to is a filter and um, that uh, the output of the 567 activates and goes low. Well, one can put an LED on there and uh, have yourself a nice little Morse decoder. One can also put a vibrator on there, a little small vibrator device like you would have in your cell phone that makes your cell phone go buzz when it's on silent. And vibrate and uh, that if it's attached in such a way to a small case it makes a wonderful little um, CW decoder a vibration CW decoder but this is an example of where Jim just you know is thinking outside the box there's not uh, there's not anything around that's like that that he wants uh, to share with his friends some of his friends who are hard of hearing and um, so he's making it up and I applaud him for that there he is N2CAU Jim Panzita so uh, there, there's an example of entrepreneurial, you know, um, put together put together some uh, circuit ideas and uh, get them out for people to use and build on and make them make them better. I love it. So thanks, Milt, for the AQRP uh, group uh, uh, description there. Um, all right, let's let's open it up again for. Let's see. I think we've we've exhausted DSP. Uh, type of processing. Uh, are there other? What other technologies are around 
that provide some really good and useful reference materials that uh, uh, that maybe you have uh, uh, found along the way. Uh, okay, to one more book on DSP. Oh, sure, Jim, go ahead. Uh, I just recently discovered this book. It's uh, I, I wrote it in the uh, it's down at the bottom of your screen. It's by Marvin E. Frere King. Uh, the Lions book is very good, but it doesn't particularly have a communications orientation. This book is digital signal processing in communication systems, and a lot of their examples are drawn from HF. So this this book is highly relevant to uh, HF communication systems and really radio communication systems. And there are very few books that have that orientation that I've been able to find. The book is out of print although there's a facsimile edition available on Amazon for an outrageous price, but you can probably uh, drum it up in the used book market if you want to give it a go. It is more mathematical than the Lions, and is perhaps not for the faint of heart, but it's highly useful. So I just wanted to throw that in before we change subjects. And thank you I'll, for doing I'll second that. Well, it seems like I've got to get myself another book. I'm a book junkie um, or an information junkie, and um, I, I don't have that one. So I, I think, uh, there you go, it's $130, which, you know, in the scheme of things, might be really worth it if it's as close to the radio technology as, uh, as you guys described. So thanks for bringing that up, Jim. Okay, uh, but forget the $130. I think there's about a $40 version available from uh, the Goodwill store in, I think, Seattle, someplace on the West Coast. I got mine for around 60 but only because I wanted to get it right away. But definitely check out the used book market uh, for this book, rather than spending the money for the fa recent facsimile edition. And who was the second on that? I missed that. That was me. And also, I don't know if... Uh half-price books we have here in Austin and uh, a lot of these books are available for uh, five to fifteen twenty dollars yeah I would would uh, also point out that it takes forever to get these darn things if you, this is not Amazon if you buy from the used book market expect to be sitting there for three weeks waiting for your book so you might want to splurge the extra ten bucks on the uh, expedited processing One more DSP item. Absolutely. Uh, some of you may remember over the last couple of weeks, I was trying to get uh, information from in, anybody that was online on the uh, TI uh, C5535 Easy DSP kit. Uh, and not getting a lot of success there. So I finally said, what the heck, it's only 55 bucks instead of the 95 that uh, it is normally, the 55 bucks till the end of the uh, this month. Uh, what I discovered is that it is uh, devoted essentially to analog, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, low frequency, to audio uh, DSP processing. The codec that comes with it uh, for uh, digitizing and, and then turning digital signals back into analog is aimed very heavily at uh, the audio market. In fact, it has one one input, I think, that's, that's marked specifically for uh, FM receiver or some such thing. 
but it's uh, got uh, audio amplifiers built into the codec, uh, as well as uh, audio output drivers. Uh, and then it turns the, the processing of the, uh, the DSP part of it over to the TI chip. So uh, I wouldn't buy it if you were interested specifically in working with uh, HF signals. Uh, but once you've got it down below about uh, 45 kilohertz, uh, then uh, you've got a, a, a very nice piece of equipment at a very good price. All right, there you go. Thanks for that uh, that tip there, Rick. Good stuff. All righty, um, Joe. Why don't you why don't you delve a little bit into more into your lists? Um, kind of what. Well, why don't you just kind of take it? Okay, not a lot more. Just some uh, reference sites on the web that uh, have a lot of good, good information. Um, the first is one that uh, George uh, alluded to. It's the Boat Anchor Manual Archive. And he can print the, uh, he can type the address. But it's called BAMA for the Boat Anchor Manual Archive. They have an enormous number of uh, books on older equipment, uh, manuals, uh, older equipment manuals that uh, you can download from the web and keep them um, for anything but Heath. Heath, uh, apparently somebody brought up the rights to Heath stuff and all the Heath stuff uh, got pulled from the Bama archives. But uh, Johnson, Helicrafters, uh, Hammerlin, all the older uh, manufacturers uh, Hammock with a lot of Drake stuff, and uh, even some of the uh, test equipment manuals show up there. Uh, and while I'm speaking of manuals and stuff from the web, it's great to have these lists. And it, but unfortunately, the lists go away after a while. Uh, the websites. So I generally, if I come across something that looks very good, I'll either download the manual, or uh, if it's a an intricate uh, set of interlinked web pages, I'll print the whole web page. And uh, save that as a as an HTML uh, um, set of uh, files on my computer, so that uh, the next week when I go to, I don't find it's missing. Uh, another another good site um, alluded to earlier is Wes Hayward W7ZOI. He has a uh, an excellent site with uh, a number of technical uh, uh, things on there, as well as some of his operating activities out, uh, out in the wild. He enjoys uh, snow camping. And he, he and his son, Roger, have gone out and operated uh, in a snow cave, of all things, uh, with QRP rigs. Uh, that's http w7zoi.net. He also has uh, uh, corrections for the uh, uh, experimental methods and RF design on his site. Uh, inevitably, there are some some uh, corrections when the thing's printed. Um, another good site uh, for QRP and homebrewing is uh, Steve Yates' site, AA5TB. He has a number of things on homebrewing, on antennas, uh, loop antennas, infant half-wave antennas, and uh, he has some, some good background information on what makes those antennas uh, successful. And in particular, he also has a uh, calculator on there. It's a uh, Excel spreadsheet you can download 
to uh, look at the parameters for uh, magnetic loop antennas. Very good site. A lot of comprehensive info. And some uh, hands-on info on his experience with, with using antennas as well. Uh, going overseas is a guy, SM0VPO, Harry Lytle, who uh, has a homebrew site with a whole bunch of kind of neat uh, things from the European slant. Homebrew projects. Uh, he has some uh, loop antennas wound on um, packing crates of all things, and just some really neat uh, stuff um, if you're into homebrewing and building little gadgets. Uh, and a guy uh, from uh, GQRP, Hans Summers, I forget his call, but it's a, he's British, has an excellent site, uh, www.hansummers.com. He, uh, he's written things up for uh, GQRP publications, and um, he, he has an enormous number of projects that he's put on, uh, on his site over the last 10 years or so from oscilloscopes to FM modulators to little transmitters and some of the latest stuff. Uh, he's built some, some very simple whisper transmitters that folks would be interested in. Um, that's about, uh, about it uh, for the heavy hitters. These are sites I frequently go to for info. Um, I have them bookmark bookmarked, but as I say, uh, if there's something really valuable, I usually print it off and uh, keep it as a file so that uh, for uh, whatever reason um, the website goes away, I'll have a copy of it. Back to you, George. Very good, Joe. And and once again, um, um, I, I point people over to the uh, the list that I maintain online. Uh, I use it as my startup homepage. Um, it's it contains all my useful websites and such. Maybe a suggestion for to you to do the same kind of thing. Put together a list. It can be a Word document, a PowerPoint document, or something as fancy as front page to create an HTML page. And use that as your launch page whenever you open up your browser or have it there on your desktop. And it contains it can contain all of your useful, um, most often used and, and most frequently used locations like we're talking about here. Um, and uh, provide you easy access for them, such that when you need a calculator for your antenna, you need uh, a good reference for the Gertzel algorithm, you want to find out what the QRP frequencies are, I mean, boom, you got it there. All you have to do is uh, a click away. And I know Joe keeps kind of these things handy, uh, just as I do, and it's a really good habit to get into. Hey, I did not notice that um, we have OH2NLT, Yuha Ninikowski, here with us uh, uh, this evening, and I know he's got to go. Uh, Yuha, if you're still there, if you if you wanted to say a few words to the group, I, w I wanted to uh, uh, give you a chance there to, to say hey and and thank you for showing up tonight. It's very late over there in Finland. Um, is if you're still awake, uh, go ahead. OH, OH2 NLT, OH2 NLT. Are you there, Yuha? This is George. Okay, hello. Now I found the PTT switch. So, yes, it is four o'clock in the morning here. So, I'm a little bit tired. I just wanted to listen to your meeting 
I enjoyed it, but unfortunately now I have to close down. <laughs> 4 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us. You are really glad to have you here. Um, and uh, if there are any uh, any SDR Cube owners or um, um, uh, owners of your amplifier, you know Yuma Technologies uh, amplifiers and TRX and RX1, RX2. Yuha is uh, the co-designer of of those things and owner co-owner of that particular uh, little side company and. Uh, we're really glad to have you with us, Yuha. Yuha, so that you can get a good night's sleep. Uh, your 1KW, uh, actually it's a 2KW um, dummy load, is on its way right now, heading over to Finland. So I wanted to let you know that uh, I got it into the mail to you today. And it'll be there in about uh, 8 to 10 days. So I'll send some information to you for... Uh, uh, a very little bit of tracking. It doesn't go very far, but it's at least proof that we got it into the system. Okay, George. Thank you very much. And please continue your meeting. Maybe some other time I I sleep first and, and then come back here. But now I'm utterly tired and have to wake up in the morning. But anyway, I enjoyed listening to your meeting and until next time. So goodbye for now. Goodbye for now, my friend. And we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk to you on email soon. Okay. Um, let's see. What uh, what do we have there? Uh, what, what's left here? I think. Uh, why don't we open it up for some discussion? Other topics. Uh, other other um, other references that you might have. Um, I've got a boatload. In fact, I think what I'll do. I've mentioned a couple of times, if somebody can take the mic now and just chat about uh, some of your favorite information sites. Um, I see Dave is with us, AD7JT, uh, co-designer with us in the, in the new PSK modem. Dave, you've got to have some kind of useful information over there that you like to reference all the time and, and working on your projects. Uh, do you, how about that? Oh, hello, everybody. <clears throat> Well, I don't have much that I reference all the time, not the same thing. I usually just go in and Google what I'm looking for and have no problem finding it. But I did want to mention, uh, if anybody's interested in learning how to uh, program, especially 16-bit PICs, there's a very excellent reference book out there by, I think you pronounce it, Lucio DiGiazio. He's actually a senior marketing person at uh, Microchip. It's called Programming 16-Bit Microcontrollers in C and has a subtitle of uh, Learning to Fly the PIC-24. I think he wrote this book shortly after he got his private pilot's license, and so he's got a lot of uh, flying analogies built into it. But it's really a neat book to go through and just follow and do a, implement all the projects going along. You get something like an Explorer 16, which is a fairly inexpensive development package for, that you can buy from uh, Microchip. And you can learn a lot, not only about different projects and way to implement things, but uh, a lot about basic programming information also. And he goes through it bit by bit, and it's, um, I found really useful uh, when I first was getting into this to go through this thing. The book, I think, is available in several places like Amazon.com and uh, 
I think you can even order it direct off the microchip uh, uh, website. But anyway, I like that. He also has another version for 32-bit microcontrollers. Uh, but it's pretty much the same as the 16-bit one. He's just upgraded it and put some more features and whatnot in it. But anyway, if, if anybody's interested in getting involved in that, you know, it's a very interesting thing to go through. Um, anyway, that, hey, Dave, that's what say, I have to Dave, say his name and call uh, name of the book and his name again. Okay, it's Lucio, L-U-C-I-O, Dijazio, D-I space J-A-S-I-O. And the title of the book is Programming 16-Bit Microcontrollers in C. And as a subtitle, Learning to Fly the PIC-24. And like I say, it's available, well, this was published by uh, Nunes, but it's available on Amazon.com, and I know for sure. And it's also available, it, it pops up every once in a while in a little ad thing when you're on the microchip uh, website. And it's, um, see, what is it here? It's up. Uh, 360 pages, and there's a whole bunch of projects that, what I like to do with these projects is implement them the way they have them, and then go start adding stuff to it. <laughs> so usually each one of these projects, when I do them, winds up to be a major effort. Uh, but anyway, like I say, it comes with a CD-ROM with some all the source codes there. You don't have to key it all in if you don't want to. Oh, well, I find I learn a lot keying it in, then I have to figure I have to understand what it says, what it's doing. But learning, anyway, to learning, learning to learning. fly. Learning to fly the pick twenty-four. Now that's his the subtitle. The main one is programming sixteen-bit microcontrollers in C. Okay, got that. Indeed, I do. And with Joe's help, we actually have the link there too. Thanks a lot, Dave. That's that's really good. I, I've learned a couple of uh, references tonight that I'm going to rush out and see if I can. Uh, Find something on, on that. That's uh, great stuff. Um, let's got see. another one, George. Oh, sure, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, if if anybody's interested in uh, uh, the field programmable Gatorades, FPGAs, got another one with some really neat projects in it uh, called Rapid Prototyping of Digital Systems, and it's based on the uh, the uh, uh, Atmel uh, Quartus software package, but he's got all kinds of neat things you can build if you want to really learn how to do logic design. Now that's a little more deep probably than uh, than the C programming, but that that was another really interesting book I enjoyed going through. Um, using the Atmel what? Uh, field program with gate arrays. No, 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 you said. Not 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 Atmel not Atmel Altera excuse me, I misspoke. Altera gate arrays. Altera makes uh, their their Cypress three uh, line is fairly inexpensive, uh, fairly large field programmable gate arrays. Plus you can buy fairly inexpensive um, development programs for them, and like Microchip they provide all the uh, the the IDE online for you to use, and it's just a matter of learning the. Uh, hardware development language and going in there and you can create your own computers if you want but a lot of other things but this particular book again it's rapid prototyping of digital systems it's got three authors Hamblin, Hall and Furman 
and then it's like it's a lot like the uh, the micro uh, the microchip book, except they, they go through step by step and give you projects kind of starting point. And you get through the book, you can actually implement your own computer. So anyway, just thought I'd pass those two along. Great information. Thank you for that. Again, even if I don't have the spelling right or the words, I think if you can do some searching, you you find some great. Uh, um, you'll you'll find the, the references pretty handily. Um, this 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 reminds me that Joe and I are embarking on a bit of a of a learning adventure for PSOX, uh, uh, PSOX, um, programmable systems on a chip, I guess. Um, and we're using a recent article from, I guess it was QEX, Joe. Circuit seller. Ah, circuit seller, of course. Um, and Dave just reminded me of this. This is where in a recent circuit seller, um, oh, that in itself is a, a superior reference. Circuit seller magazine. I'll type it down just as soon as I get through talking here, but Circuit Seller Magazine, um, a monthly digital subscription, doesn't cost that much, and it's it's just an outstanding, outstanding source of embedded types of uh, projects, chips, technologies. And this latest issue, actually the latest two issues, deals with PSOC development, or learning the PSOC for a chip, I don't know, what is it, a $5 chip or something probably, um, but it says PSOC, and you can connect some pin headers to it, and it, it uh, uh, a PSOC, among other things, contains programmable blocks in this chip that are not just digital, which, such as we're used to dealing with, with microcontrollers and maybe FPGAs, but also analog blocks that you can arrange through programming, through, through program that you would download to it, you would be able to um, arrange those blocks and actually um, create your own functioning analog filter, uh, DSP processing, um, uh, A to D converters, and again, um, add D to A converters. And um, Cypress makes one that makes this. And I actually grabbed a kit, a starter kit, because I'm, I think like Milt, I just love these uh, evaluation boards. And there's this evaluation board called First Touch Starter Kit for uh, the PSOC 3. I'll write this down. It's for, available from DigiKey, and I think it's like, oh, I don't know, $50 or something. And it's a board that contains the uh, a powerful PSOC, just as we're talking about here, plus all sorts of application ideas and programs and libraries and such. And again, by manipulating a, a program on your screen and then downloading it to this chip, much like you would program a microcontroller, you're able to um, reprogram this PSOC to perform different uh, functions by arranging the different analog and digital uh, blocks on this chip. And so if, if, you have, uh, if you have a chance to get uh, Circuit Seller Magazine, I think you can probably get one free issue. Get the latest free issue or get the last issue as your freebie. And look at that article for PSOC analog design or something. So, um, I think it takes and uses as an example um, audio filtering 
And it's a wonderful practical application, and that's what we're currently, Joe and I are currently kind of working on to bootstrap ourselves in, in that area. But uh, thanks for that reference, Dave, on, on the Altera and the Cypress line of Gator Rays and such. I appreciate that. Alrighty then. Um, other other topics. Let's see. Uh, um, I see Jim is there. Jim K two S Z. Jim, it's been a long time since we've uh, talked with you. Really glad to hear you here or see you here in our online New Jersey uh, club meeting. And uh, um, wondered how life is out there toward the uh, the coast in uh in new jersey is that where you are or are you elsewhere on vacation these days oh no okay it looks like this is jim's first time on on the uh on team speak and he doesn't have his audio coming through right jim you're you're able to do the ptt we can see your light come on but there's no audio coming on so when do you get a chance not now but when you get a chance maybe adjust your uh settings for your input device to make sure that you've got your audio coming through there and ken va3kmd ken you uh i think you ducked out before i got to you last week um you, you've got some interesting things as uh that you were bringing to the table from the micro <clears throat> from the micro 908 do i have that one right yeah i felt playing with it okay good were you the one, and I, I forget right now, were you the one that identified the uh, the DSP, uh, the dis, uh, the, the, I forgot the name of the board now, the DSPX, the KK7P DSPX board that we use there, a way to have the persistent program there um, and available when you power up? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the uh, board is supplied... Uh, has got uh, seven 64K sectors in it, and the first one is pre-programmed as supplied with the monitor uh, in it, which which boots up, of course, as soon as you turn it on. Uh, and uh, you can access it from the software that uh, currently comes with the 908. Uh, but I felt felt that uh, boy, if we can uh, put the um, uh, DSP 908 software into uh, the second bank. Uh, and have it boot up to that, and fortunately, Lyle KK7P uh, uh, um, has uh, rewritten the monitor to permit that. Uh, I, I, I was able to download the uh, uh, DSP 908 uh, software into the, uh, the second bank, and it boots up, so whenever you turn it on, it's there, and uh, all you have to do is, uh, I've just written some software, so you press the, the sleep button, and you're right there, and you can change all the parameters and then uh, go back to uh, uh, the antenna analyzer. But uh, the uh, DSP software is, is always there, so uh, you can uh, always have it operating on whatever you're listening to. Perfect. Appreciate that. And I haven't had a chance to give that a shot myself, but thank you for sharing the information uh, to me, the step-by-step uh, -step instructions. And uh, as soon as I am successful with it, I'll post it onto the uh, Micro 908 list and maybe some others who have that. What I'd like to be doing is to uh, come up with some other applications that we can put into the DSPX and 
make it even more useful. They're in the Micro 908 or as a standalone DSP processor. Um, that's the 2100 series of the ADSP? 2185. 2185. So it's got some good memory. It's an older architecture, but it's good. And da -da -da -da, if you look in any of the uh, more recent, oh, I don't know, maybe recent five years of ARRL handbook, chapter around chapter 12 is DSP technology. You'll see a project in there from um, uh, Lyle, <clears throat> KK7P, and he talks about uh, he has an 18 meter uh, um, direct conversion receiver that uses this board, and it is um, kind of like an SDR receiver, is what it is, and he's got software that you can download to it, and you can do put that right onto your, you know, the DSPX in your Micro 908. And uh, with a little bit of interfacing, it will serve as an 18 meter, um, uh, I'm sorry, the 17 meters, 18 megahertz um, uh, receiver. And it's uh, it really demonstrates in an easy manner the, the, the SDR technology. So thanks a lot, Ken, for joining us here. What I did... Uh, I just put a link up there. Um, I was able to find that DSP short course from the Tapper DCC conference 2010. They are P the slides are PDFs there, right online. That, and uh, Rick Muthin, I don't have his call sign right now, but uh, was the presenter. Did a great, 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 great job. And that plus the other uh, two books that we've recommended here for DSP um, processing. Are, is a uh, these three references are probably the gems of the night um, and then if you search around a little bit more you can find the actual video that was taped that was recorded of Rick giving that course uh, a couple of years ago and that's what you can get on CD for like maybe 20 bucks all right um, we're probably closing in on the end here other references that might uh, come to mind as being useful for you and your uh, in your shack and operation yeah, George, I got a hammy uh, antenna one I forgot to mention. Take her away, Joe. Okay, it's a thing from the uh, uh, vendor who sells uh, antennas and, and uh, wire and coax. It's called uh, the, the Wirebook, Wirebook 5. And George has, I, George doesn't have the link, I can give it to him later. Um, the site is www.thewireman.com, and if you uh, snoop around the site, you'll find the wire book. It's a book, uh, it's a paperback book that he publishes. It goes for something like $15. It's a very, very practical uh, collection of uh, hints and uh, um, articles on how to, how to build wire antennas, how to deal with coax connectors and the rest of that from a, a hands-on um, long-term experience point of view to get you around some of the uh, some of the issues that uh, you may have found from corrosion or trying to get uh, connectors to work in the weather and the rest of that. I find it a very, very handy uh, reference to go to. Uh, and it's it's written in kind of a light manner so that it's not, uh, not heavily technical and there's not a lot of math like all this TSB stuff.
Hey, George. Thanks, Joe. I just finished typing out the link there. I've got the book here in front of me. Great book. And it's easy read, great source of information and, and simple projects and simple antennas that you can give a try at. Uh, really appreciated that book uh, that, that you got me there. Yeah, who was it that uh, spoke up a moment ago? Yeah, hi, George. It's Ray, K2ULR. Uh, I have one little tidbit to add to the discussion. It's uh, not digital, it's analog, but it's a handy little uh, uh, compact. It's only about 50 pages or so. Uh, simple test equipment for the QRP here. Uh, there's the uh, title and the author, uh, Graham Firth, G3MFJ, and Tony Fishpool, G4WIF, two uh, uh, well-known names in QRP. Uh, but there's a couple dozen handy little designs and circuits, stuff like uh, signal generators, noise bridge, probes, field strength meters, uh, stuff like that. And available from GQRP, as I recall. I don't remember where I got mine, but uh, here it is. I, I think... Uh, may have had something to do with uh, either NorCal or Hendrix uh, because there's a uh, on the inside cover a comment from Doug Hendrix talking about uh, the, the publishing of the book so maybe he had something to do with it. Yeah that's possible I think uh, I think they did uh, at least GQRP did uh, handle it at one time and I think I got it from them at Dayton one year. Yeah, I found the link for it, and I put I put it there, and actually it's not a link for it. You'll have to search a little more, but it's a picture of it, and it's a review of the book. So it's a pretty dandy uh, uh, dandy little thing. I see that. That's that's uh, pretty good. Joe and I, and uh, Yuha, um, he's not connected now, but Yuha is a uh, test equipment collector and user extraordinaire. Uh, in fact, both Joe and Yuha are that way. Yuha has uh, really invested well in his in his lab, and he's collected a lot of good equipment. He's given me some good tips for things that I should get if I could ever afford them. And on the other end, uh, Joe, Joe is a kind of a, uh, a magician, a wizard, and and guru of uh, lower cost ways to produce good enough good enough measurements for QRPers in the on the bench and come up with all different ways. We talked uh, maybe one or two times ago about the power tap and a very simple circuit that a uh, simple series of resistors that will allow you to in a controlled manner knock down the higher voltage RF voltage that uh, that a dummy load is seeing with a higher power input and then enable you to give that, uh, pump that over to a lower power measurement device that can actually measure it uh, uh, accurately. But things like that are, are just useful for the bench. Simple equipment like that is of ever interest by, uh, by many of us. So thanks a lot for that uh, tip, Ray. Appreciate that. Hey, you're more than welcome. It's a, it's a handy little book. Alrighty. Any other uh, any other uh, comments and and questions for tonight? Not necessarily um, 
test equipment or not necessarily reference material oriented if you didn't want to or uh, I had a couple of topics here but I'm just my voice is just running out of steam um, now what the heck I was going to mention some really good success that I've been having with ordering PCBs uh, these days uh, those of you who know me <clears throat> I'm, I'm working with a lot of different kinds of projects and um, I, um, I use a PCB service uh, called uh, Myro, M-Y-R-O, Myro PCB. And you can see this in the lower right-hand corner of that AMQRP links list uh, link that I put up uh, maybe 10 lines above on the text here. Um, as it turns out, it's, it's a very fast term for full service, you know, two-sided, silkscreen, solder mask, <clears throat> and... Uh, um, they tend to get get a hundred bucks out of you, um, basically. But you get a lot for that hundred bucks. And if it's a project that you're going to make ten of, you can get ten PCBs for a hundred bucks, um, even you know moderately sized, like uh, two by two inch. So uh, you know if you're going to make something once, <clears throat> or you're going to make a number of small copies with it, that's a really good way to go. Fast turn, good quality. And uh, a lot better than making your own PCBs. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that. And a number of people have been making PCBs, especially Frank, N3PUU. Frank is a, is a wizard and doing some of that. Um, yeah, and as Joe indicated, um, you know, 10, 10 boards is good for a club kid run. So if you've got an idea for a project, a simple little, well, whether it's, for example, that vibrating CW reader um, or the... Uh, tuning decoder thing that I mentioned before. Um, not bad to, to get that and pass it around, you know, pass around the 10 pieces at your club, at your local club, and, you know, everybody tosses in a, a 10 spot, and, uh, you know, everybody benefits from your uh, your work there. So keep that in mind. I've just been impressed by their, their work recently. Alrighty. Um, one, final, uh, one final request for topics or questions or good reference material and um, and then we'll call it a night. So anybody else have something that they'd like to contribute this evening? Uh, I have one, uh, one comment, George. Sure enough, Larry, take it away. Okay. It's more for, um, a reference link. Uh, it's essentially the project site for, for Peter, uh, G3XJP. Uh, I think I mentioned a couple sessions back about the Pick a Star project I've been working on. But Peter has a, on his site uh, a number of projects, and I find the uh, the documents uh, that he uh, lists on his site that describes the projects very good reference material because he not only describes the the basic fabrication, but in a lot of cases uh, he leads into the uh, the end result by describing a rationale and how they got to that end result from a development standpoint. A couple of projects, the one being the Pickstar itself, the uh, transceiver, and, that, and that, that, is a, that is a book in itself. It's over 20 chapters when you print out all the files for the original articles that he uh, published in RADCOM. But he's also got several other projects. Uh, second one I'll just mention here is a, uh, an automated uh, antenna tutor. He calls it Picatune. And there's a there's a four file uh, series of articles where he describes how he led to the end result there, and it's got a lot of good uh, 
good insight into the significance of Q and losses related to uh, an L network type uh, antenna tuner. Um, that's it. Uh, go ahead, George. I'll post the link. Very good, Larry. I, I copied down uh, some of the information that you were talking about and get that link posted there before we break. That'd be great. Um, <clears throat> I definitely can attest to Peter's uh, uh, good engineering and good uh, descriptions of his material from the Picastar project that I've been following and, and working very slowly, but still working over the years. Um, and uh, I and Joe have actually been kind of taking a gander at that Picatune I forgot where we've seen it. I got this in Radcom magazine. Um, and uh, it is, it's a lot of good, useful information along the way. Um, so thanks for, uh, thanks, thanks for pointing that out. Alrighty. Um, uh, George, I, I've got the text in this text box with, it's got the letter A to the left and there's a smile box to the right. What do I click to, uh, to send that uh, send that over you just have to hit the enter um you know your enter key on your keyboard larry but it's important that there you go um it's important people people should note that it's important that you have the tab for our channel selected so just above that field that text entry field if you have it uh, at least in a windows machine you would see two tabs one says open hpsdr server and the other one says NJQRP. Remember, you must click the NJQRP one in order to see all of the information we're talking about and posting. So thanks for that, uh, the link there, Larry. Any other information uh, for the night? <laughs> Sorry, Jim, still no audio coming through. We'll talk with you offline and maybe give you a hand in, in doing that. Um, just as an FYI, one of the things that we do here at the uh, at our in-person New Jersey QRP Club meetings is have a go around the table. It's a little too late to do that tonight, but maybe we'll do that in the future, such that we just in alphabetical order. We did we did this actually uh, four weeks ago at the previous NJ QRP online meeting on a Tuesday. Um, go about uh, go down the list and. In, in an um, alphabetical manner, and just each person has an opportunity, if they wish, to speak up and describe a project that's on the bench, a thing that's keeping their busy, um, current antenna, whatever's happening to them in, in ham radio life. And that's kind of a fun thing to do at, uh, at the group meetings. Also is to bring show and tell. It's a little difficult to do that show and tell here. However, I'm working up um, a technique that is going to allow us almost a call it an online or real-time wiki that will allow us to post pictures, audio files, and such just to the right. If you you can have two windows open, on the left window, if you will, would be the Teamspeak window that we're dealing with now, and on the right would be the wiki that we could actually post pictures and audio files and such, kind of like a website, but maybe a little bit more interactive, and everybody could do that. So we'll have that up uh, maybe shortly if it's successful. Okay, uh, Joe, I'm going to pass it over to you in a moment here for a wrap-up and uh, any final comments that you might have along this topic and then, of course, wrap-up of the evening. So um, we can do that. 
So I'll just offer my thanks to everybody for uh, good participation tonight. Thank you for, for dialing in to our channel. Um, and um, I'll, we'll see you next time. But Joe, you want to put the ribbons on it? Sure, George. Uh, really glad everybody could show up tonight. Yeah, it was a good turnout. Um, we get uh, things kicked off. And a lot of good suggestions for uh, reference sites. Um, I'm, I'm a bibliophile and uh, a uh, filophile, if you will. I like to file away uh, information on computers and on paper. Uh, so if I, uh, if I want to grab something, I have it uh, right at hand. And a lot of good references, a lot of good books uh, suggested tonight. I think uh, can be of use uh, to everybody uh, across the whole spectrum. Some very uh, detailed technical things on uh, digital signal processing and some uh, more practical things as well. The whole uh, spectrum. We have uh, quite a, a range of uh, abilities and interests in the group, and uh, that's always good. Um, I would encourage folks to come back here. Um, every fourth uh, week it is the NJQRP meeting, however, we're not going to turn anybody away who's interested in the topic, so wants to come and uh, chat with us, uh, share their information, and maybe learn a few things. So uh, come along every week on the uh, um, QRP Homebrewing tab. Uh, we, uh, on Tuesday evening at 8 o'clock, we have a uh, meet the designers thing that's more specific to uh, uh, some technical discussions. Although folks are uh, just as welcome to show up for them, please do. I'm not sure if George has posted it yet, but um, he will. I know uh, on uh, some of the lists, he did, he did put a link to a wrap-up site which uh, discusses this list and uh, has a summary for, I believe, each of the four or five past weeks. Uh, I encourage folks to go to that. Uh, we'll start to have recordings of the voice, um, uh, the voices from the list. I believe it's an MP3 file, and uh, in addition, the log of the, uh, the scroll of all the information that uh, people submitted during the uh, talk. Uh, in addition to uh, some other supplementary info that uh, George will post uh, to amplify on what's been discussed. So thank you very much, all. Um, Happy holidays, and I guess we'll see you after Christmas, 73. Thanks, Joe, and good night, everybody. It's been a pleasure. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you all soon.